Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is December 20th, 2016. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the site expert and editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. And we have a recovery episode here on the Locked On, Locked On Magic podcast as we get, get past Sunday's uh, game and get ready for Tuesday's game against the Miami Heat, uh, good old, good our good friends from down south in Miami. So we'll talk. I'll preview that game. Uh, get get you set for that game as the Magic go on a little two game roadie uh, before coming home for the holiday weekend. Uh, so we'll talk about that game. I'll also talk a little bit, doing some last minute quarter quarter review stuff. We had an interesting article on the site last week arguing uh, who the first quarter MVP is. So I will give my first quarter MVP of the season on the show today. And then I will talk a little bit about possible lineup changes the Magic can make. I know I talked a little bit about it last week. Uh, I think we'll talk a little bit more about it today as we've hit a something of a dividing line. I'll explain that a little bit later on the show. But before we get going, I do want to say a quick word from our pals over at BetDSI.com. Are you ready to get into the action? Well, then you should check out BetDSI.com. They have over 20 years in the business. They have a great, BetDSI has a great basketball special going on right now. So if you sign up today, you get $10 free to try their service. BetDSI is also offering a 100% bonus on your first deposit. They have great customer service, fast and easy payment on winnings, hundreds of football and basketball wagers to choose from. You can also get UFC, pretty much any sporting event you want, you can find on their website. BetDSI even has a live in-game wagering on all football, basketball, and other major sporting events. You can play Virtually everything at BetDSI.com. So go to BetDSI.com now. That's BetDSI.com. Go there now and use promotion code promo code MAGIC10 and get your free wager and start winning today. And of course, as always, please play responsibly if you choose to do so. Big game, of course, coming up on Tuesday. The Orlando Magic heading south to take on their rivals, the Miami Heat. We have not seen them in a very, very long time. Uh, but a, a big game, and, and I, I don't really care whether it's a real rivalry or not. We've had that, I've had that discussion with Locked On Heat a few times. Be sure to check out uh, the great job that, that David Ramil and uh, Wes Goldberg do on Locked On Heat um, covering that team. Uh, we've, I've had some discussion about why, why the Magic don't have a great rivalry with them. Uh, you know, I think it's a couple reasons. I think I actually talked about it on the uh, the. Uh, step back podcast, uh, day to day podcast. Uh, when I did the hoop quiz uh, with David Ramil on uh, some some '90s basket, some or uh, sorry, 2000s basketball trivia, uh, but it still feels like a rivalry. I mean, I know when I talk about this team, I consider it a rivalry as a fan, and and I know when I get I get the sense from the last few years at least that that for the Magic, this game always meant a lot. There's always a little bit more juice in the building. There's at least in Orlando, there's a little bit more juice in the building. 
there's there's a little bit more going on for the Magic, perhaps, in the Heat in beating this team. This is a team that the Magic have struggled with for the last five years. Uh, I think they've only got two wins against Miami in the last five seasons, and so, you know, you're playing them four times a year. It matters to beat this team. And now it seems like Miami, at least, is a little bit more ripe for the picking than perhaps they've been in the last couple seasons. Uh, Orlando struggling at 12-17, and 17, but Miami is also struggling at 9-19. and 19. And this is a team that has some good pieces, but is just missing something, missing that little bit of an edge, just like the Magic are in some respects. Uh, Hassan Whiteside certainly still playing well. Goran Dragic is certainly playing well. I, I know that several Magic fans have talked to me about pursuing him in a trade. I'm not going to speculate on individuals, but um, you know, I, it's not that I don't like Goran Dragic's game. I think he's very good at getting into the paint, you know, scoring, setting others up. I don't view him as an elite point guard, uh, and I'm just a little leery about taking on his contract long term with the team the Magic have. For the Heat, at the time they got him and the time they signed him, it made a lot of sense to have a player like Goran Dragic. He's a good supporting player. Uh, to a guy like Dwayne Wade, to a guy like Chris Bosh, to a guy like Hassan Whiteside. As the star of his own team, as the primary option for his own team, though, obviously the team struggles. They're 9-19, and the worst team in the South, at least playing the worst in the Southeast Division, maybe playing a little worse than their record, in, playing maybe playing a little bit better than their record indicates. They've obviously got some good players uh, to, to play with, though. This is not a team to look past uh, by any stretch of the imagination. I talked about Dragic, what he can do. 19.1 points per game, 6.7 assists per game, shooting a pretty solid 41% from beyond the arc, 45.7% from the field, from, from the field overall. Son Whiteside's had a good year, 17.6 points, 14.8 rebounds, 2.3 blocks. You really got to be careful around him. When you're driving in the lane, you cannot let him change shots. You cannot let him block shots. You got to be, you got to be smart with your drives. And as the magic learned, in their first game against Miami, they've got to do a much better job locking down the paint. That means keeping guards out of the paint and keeping Hassan Whiteside off the boards. That's something the Magic have typically done better at this year. Certainly, they've improved since that first game, and, and you'd hope that they're better since that first game, uh, especially in that department. But there's still some hiccups here and there. They've been beaten pretty big on the offensive glass uh, the last few games. Toronto really did a good job on the offensive glass against them. I thought the Clippers did a good job on them as well. And it all starts in containing dribble penetration. After Dragic and Whiteside, though, a little bit of a scoring drop-off. You got Deion Waiters, 14.2 points. Uh, Is he out? I don't... uh, It looks like uh, Deion Waiters is probably... I think he's he's playing now. Um, He was injured earlier in the year. Uh, Justice Winslow's had his inconsistencies. Uh, He's really nowhere to be seen. 10.8 points. 34.9% 34.9% shooting overall. Wayne Ellington is scoring for them. So, you know, they've got, they've got the ability to spread the ball around, obviously. Uh, they've, they've got some decent players, but depth is an issue for them. This is a game where the Magic second unit could really have a big game. If Alfred Payton gets himself going, if Nikola Vucevic can get them get themse- get himself going, Magic can, hope, can look to try and extend maybe a lead in the second quarter or get back into the game in the second quarter. That's something that the Magic have an advantage of in this game. Of course, it to me, though, it, it, it's all going to come down to what won Miami the first game, and that's points in the paint and offensive rebounds. If Orlando contains Dragic, keeps him on the perimeter, makes him a jump shooter, prevents him from getting the ball to Whiteside, keeps their turnovers low, which they've, you know, except for except for Sunday's game, they've done a very good job of that. 
If the Magic can withstand some of the defensive pressure you know Miami's going to play, then they should have a very good chance at winning this game. That's just that's just how I feel. Miami's got a decent defense, 12th in the league in defensive rating according to basketballreference.com, uh, 4th in effective field goal percentage allowed. Uh, so, you know, this is a game where the Magic got to try and figure out their offense a little bit, you know, keep playing kind of the style that they've been playing, uh, except for Sunday, of course. Uh, and, you know, maybe they can get some offense back, some defense back to if they take care of their business on the glass again. So I think this is this is this is a this is a game that the Magic should feel very confident that they can win. Uh, there is that big bugaboo with Miami that they've got to get over, that they've got to play through. And again, this is a game that I think means a lot to the Magic. And judging by how they've played coming off of bad losses, especially bad losses at home going out on the road, Jeff Green said it at practice today. This Magic team just sometimes they feel better playing with that us-against-the-world mentality. And going out on the road against a team like Miami, there's going to be a little bit of an us-against-the-world mentality, and so hopefully that'll be a rallying point for the Magic. Tip-off down in Miami is at 7.30 games on Fox Sports Florida or NBA League Pass, depending on how you want to watch it. So the game against the Miami Heat will mark game number 30 in the NBA season, so we're well past the mid the the quarter point at this point. We did the we did a nice little review of the Magic at the quarter point during uh, last week's string of episodes. So be sure to check out the archives of Locked On Magic for a complete look at the Magic at the quarter poll. Um, I'm pretty sure that was the name of the episode, so you can check that out. Uh, you can always go to iTunes, Audio Boom, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, all the fun places to download podcasts to take a look uh, and uh, or to, to to take a look at old episodes and relive. Uh, some of the good times, some of the bad times, and some of the discussion points that we've had throughout the season. As part of our season review at the quarter poll, um, I did ask our writers to, or at least one of our writers, to make the case for who is the MVP of the Magic season. And I think when you look at this, or the MVP of the Magic season so far, so we got this little tiny small sample size, this you know little bit of the of the season to look at, uh, who's been the best player for the Magic? Who's been the most important player for the Magic? And obviously, MVP has multiple definitions, so you can't quite say it's you know, you know, one size fits all or, or what whatever the case may be. It's not quite uh, a uh, a clear cut answer, and so there, it's definitely open to interpretation. And I thought um, our writer uh, who wrote it, who wrote the piece that we ran on OrlandoMagicDaily dot com. Uh, Ricky Skrika, uh, again, apologize for mispronouncing your name. One day I'll, I'll actually ask you how to pronounce that name. Um, he picked Nikola Vucevic as the Magic's first quarter MVP, and I thought he had a, a pretty strong argument in his in his case. This was last week that the article ran, so the stats are up, are updated here. Um, he was hurt at the time, so not a whole lot to be updated on this. But Nikola Vucevic this year, third on the team in scoring, 12.4 points per game. 10.8 rebounds per game, largely coming off the bench. His defensive metrics, defensive box plus minus, defensive win shares, uh, field goal field goal percentage at the rim have all improved. Probably his best since he's been in a Magic uniform. And even though he's co- uh, even though he's coming off the bench, and even though he's shooting worse than he has before before in a Magic uniform, 43.6% from the floor. Nikola Vucevic has still been a major contributor to this team. He's been a, a stabilizing force defensively, in my opinion. I, 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 do, I do believe those defensive numbers because it's not just about blocks. It's not just about steals. 
Uh, rebounds certainly play a big role in why those defensive numbers are so good. He's got his best defensive rebound rate and total rebound rate of his career going on right now. It's up in the 30s the last time I checked. Um, but generally, I just feel like Nikola Vucevic is a very stabilizing, has a very stabilizing effect on the team. He's usually in the right position. He's always challenging shots. He's not necessarily blocking shots. Um, still has the weakness in pick and rolls, but generally is doing the right things, doing what the coaching staff has asked him to do. And that's all you that's all you can do if you're a player like Nikola Vucevic, if you're if you're the magic. Um having said all that, got this 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 opinion got a lot of backlash. And and, and as I told everyone who was like, oh, no way Nikola Vucevic is the team's MVP. Scoring is way down. You know, he's coming off the bench now. You can't call him the MVP. I think that's a fair argument, too. I, I think Ricky laid out a really strong argument. I think there is a case to be made that Nikola Vucevic has been the team's best player for more intangible reasons. Like I said, when he's on the court, the Magic's defense is better. Um, he gives good balance offensively, gives good balance defensively. Uh, he does a lot of really good things that don't necessarily show up in a box score. Um, yes, you want to see his shooting come up, and you want to see his scoring come up, uh, but rebounding, he's a really solid rebounder, one of the, a really, really good rebounder, uh, and all that. The issue with the Magic is they've been so inconsistent this year, so inconsistent this year, that it's hard to pinpoint, A, what this team's identity is, and B, who is shining the most on a night-to-night basis. There's no one guy that's really doing it. Sure, you can pick Evan Fournier, Team leader in scoring, 17.4 points per game, 51.7 effective field goal percentage, shooting 36.3% on threes, which is down from last year. Uh, Stepping into a bigger role, his assists are starting to creep back up. They're at 3.4 assists per game this year uh, as he's had to take on a larger role with DJ Augustin uh, starting next to him in the starting lineup. Uh, So you could certainly say it's him. And I think you have a very good argument for that. He scores really well. His scoring, though, has been inconsistent. Uh, he's, I think he's struggled at times with the, new, with the new role. And obviously, you look at the record and see what it is. And I think even at times, he's struggled a little bit on the defensive end. And even he's admitted that his defense hasn't been fantastic. And he's trying to... He feels like it's, it's rounding back into form, but it's taken him a while. If you had to ask me who I think the Magic's MVP is so far this year... I hesitate hesitate to say there is an MVP, to be frank, because it's it's been such a weird ride. But I'm going to go with Serge Ibaka. When the Orlando Magic play their best, it is usually because Serge Ibaka is playing his best, particularly on the defensive end. Orlando made a hugely controversial move this summer to trade Victor Oladipo for Serge Ibaka. And in a vacuum, I still think that is a good move for this team. Uh, or at least was a right risk to take. And I wouldn't quite say that that risk has completely paid off, so to speak. It's not It's not been exactly what the Magic wanted in some ways because Ibaka, his scoring is up. 14.7 points per game is, is a high for him. He is shooting the ball better. 40.2% from beyond the arc, 48.4% overall, shooting a lot of jumpers. Now, they've gone away from the post-ups as they tried earlier in the year. His rebounding is slightly down, six and a half rebounds per game, but he's blocking shots. He's making good reads. He's being he's in the right spot more often than not, and he's attacking when he gets the ball. When he's engaged offensively, when he's making a shot, 
the Magic are very difficult to play. To play. The plays that stick out to me most from this Magic season are the plays where Ibaka makes a block on one end or Biombo makes a block on one end and Ibaka comes down the floor trailing and hits a three. He's really good at that trailing three, particularly in transition, especially after he makes a big defensive play. And when he's engaged and playing really well defensively, when he's engaged in playing, he's usually engaged in playing really well offensively. And when the Magic do that, they are at their best. And again, Ibaka does a lot of things that maybe don't show up on a box score. But to me, Ibaka's been the most important player for this team. His play has determined how the Magic are going. And largely, you know, maybe he hasn't played at the, le- at the level that, that our wildest dreams expected. Offensively, he might still be a little inconsistent in, a, in this larger role that the Magic have given him. His usage rate is above 20% for the first time in his career, which essentially means... Uh, if, if you're not familiar with usage rate, it's how it's a it's a ratio of possessions that end with him making the last play, whether it's a shot, whether it's a turnover, so have you. Uh, if everyone gets the same amount of possessions, it's everyone gets twenty percent. You know, Russell Westbrook's above thirty because he uses a lot of possessions. Ibaka's above twenty for the first time in his career, which was expected. And you've seen the scoring go up a little bit, maybe not as much as everyone would like. But generally, he does what the coaching staff asks him to. He does what the team needs him to do. And that has gotten the job done more often than not, especially when the Magic are playing well. The Magic need to play well more often, and that will make Ibaka look better. So I, I think that who the, the, the Magic's MVP comes down to Fournier, Ibaka, and Vucevic. Maybe you can throw Biombo in there. Um, I think he does have a leadership role uh, that gets overlooked. He does provide really good energy. Uh, but for my money, quarter away, a little bit more than a quarter way through the season, I would go with Serge Ibaka as the Magic's MVP. So I will take him uh, in this little thought experiment. Before Sunday's game, as we continue thought experiments, um, Frank Vogel noted that uh, he, you know, someone asked, one of the reporters, I think it was Brian Schmitz of the Orlando Sentinel, asked Frank Vogel uh, about possibly changing the lineup, about possibly uh, making a switch um, to, to, to the team with the team still struggling, still not getting things going. And, and Frank Vogel had, you know, a, a, not a, a clear answer to that, but, but certainly an illuminating answer to his thought process. Uh, he said... Um, he said at that point that that you know he likes to take a look at take stock of things uh, every ten games or so. Uh, at, at that ten game mark, he looks back at the previous ten games and says, "Okay, what worked, what didn't? What can I do to, to change things up or to, to to make sure things are working? Or what lineups do I need to try more? What 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 isn't working? All that stuff. It, it, it's at that ten. It's at that every ten game mark that he begins you know some self evaluation some lineup evaluation and maybe prepares to make some rotation changes. So all those uh all those those Mario Azonia fans, you know, this could be this could be your chance, I guess. Tuesday night's game is game 30 of the season and you know, the Magic have gone through three lineup changes already. Uh they're still obviously figuring things out. They're 12 and 17. They haven't quite figured out how to play consistently on the floor as a group. And um, it's it's been more than just throwing lineups out. The team has played inconsistently itself. It's looked good. It's looked really bad one week, 
looked good on offense the next week, looked good on defense the next week, can't score, can't defend. It's it's a week-to-week, game-to-game thing from the Magic. You just don't know what to expect, and that's not something the coach wants. When the Magic made this last lineup change to bring DJ Augustin and Bismack Biombo into the starting lineup, a big part of it was to try and find better balance between the first and second units. Uh, Vujovic, again, Sunday, was asked a little bit about, you know, kind of quelling egos with the starting lineup thing. And, and and Vogel said, you know, look, you know, yes, I want players to, he wants players to want to start, to want that honor. But at the same time, he's not playing them any more minutes, any less minutes than they would have if they were starting. In fact, if you look at Vucevic, if you look at Alfred Payton's splits, their minutes are about the same as a starter or as a reserve, as are most of their stats, actually. They're not averaging much more as starters as they were reserves. They're, they're at about the same kind of numbers. So, the whole starter thing is more about setting the lineups the way you want them to, to get the matchups you want to go for. When you look at the Magic's current starting lineup, it just hasn't delivered the way the team needs it to deliver. The Magic don't get off to consistent starts. Uh, They struggle a little bit. Their second unit is very, very good and typically does do a good job either stretching leads, getting them back into games, uh, which which is a good luxury to have. But you still want balance throughout the game. You want to be able to win games early. You want to be able to to close games late, which the Magic kind of flip things around. They don't they don't necessarily close with their starters. And so it, it, it it's going to be a time where the Magic have to make a decision. And if you go back into the into Locked On Magic archives to last week, uh, I did speak a little bit about the Magic's different starting lineups, analyzing the starting lineups a little bit more. And I and I think in that podcast, I suggested that the Magic should at least experiment with or try to go back to their original starting lineup. That's Alfred, or at least use it a little bit more. I'd like to see it maybe against second units a little bit more, maybe like mid first quarter uh, before uh, before going fully to their bench. And that that lineup, of course, Alfred Payton, Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon, Nick, Serge Ibaka, and Nikola Vucevic. If I were really to make a lineup change at this point, though. It would probably be to just insert Nikola Vucevic ahead of Bismack Biombo, and it's nothing against Biz. Biz has played extremely well and done done good things. It's just that lineup that has Augustine with the other starters plays extraordinarily well. It's perhaps uh, looking at stats, uh, and, and when I looked at it last week, they played about thirty nine minutes together. That lineup was a success, um, and, and the minutes they've played together, they've played well. Of course, that raises a host of other problems, and you can't. And obviously, it's the rotation is a huge domino effect. You knock down one thing, you're affecting something later on down the road, and that is, of course, having Alfred Payton and Bismack Biombo play together uh, can be problematic. Uh, they they do play together. They it's not that they can't, um, but it can be very pop- problematic offensively because you're losing a, a big passing target for Payton. Uh, you're having two non-shooters on the floor. You're typically doing that with Jody Meeks and Jeff Green on the floor as well, uh, and possibly Serge Ibaka uh, or whoever. Um, you know, there's there's yeah, maybe even Nikola Vucevic, honestly, in some of those lineups. Um, but it's never quite clear. It, 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 it just doesn't sit right. And I think one thing that Vogel's tried to do with this lineup change is to separate Alfred Payton from Bismack Biombo, 
separate Alfred and separate Alfred Payton from Aaron Gordon so that there's fewer non-shooters on the floor. Having said all that, I think you can gerrymander the rotation to still create these matchups. You know, maybe you play Nikola Vucevic the first four, four or five minutes and then bring him out to bring him back in with the second unit to start the second quarter. Uh, you know, maybe you have Augustin play a little bit longer in the first quarter, play Peyton a little bit longer through the second quarter and, and even into the fourth, and even, you know, have him finish in the fourth quarter if, if that's what the game dictates. There are ways to work around this. It's still about finding the best match, find, finding the best lineups at work. And I think that's something Vogel is still searching on. Uh, is still is still trying to figure out and still trying to uh, get going. Obviously, there are no simple answers. Uh, this is this is you know Vogel said on Sunday again, and it was a really good media session before the game on Sunday. He also said, "Go see Rogue One." I highly suggest that. That last scene, oh my god! Uh, but uh, Vogel also said on uh, also said um, uh, on Sunday that. You know, he believes that he can find the right combinations within this team to succeed. He's not giving up on this team. They're twelve and seventeen. They're, I think, two and a half, three games out of the playoffs. Too early to look at standings, but he's not giving up on this team yet either. Uh, and he thinks he can find the right combinations. And and he, he joked that he couldn't tell Rob Hennigan what this team needs because it changes every every game. It seems like. So. Is the is a lineup change going to fix things for the Magic? I can't say that right now. I would consider returning Nikola Vucevic to the starting lineup and letting him run with DJ Augustin, a much more offensive-minded lineup. Uh, I trust Vucevic's defense a lot more now, uh, so I would feel more comfortable comfortable having him in there as a defensive anchor. But at the same time, again, it's not anything bad that Biz has done. Uh, I think Biz would still be valuable where the Magic can play him, but... They just they they need a little bit of a push defensively, and uh, I do think perhaps having two shot blockers on the floor at the same time has gotten the Magic out of position defensively. You know, maybe August, maybe Augustine is the problem. I don't know. Uh, it, it there there are reasons to believe that an Augustine Fournier Gordon Ibaka Vucevic lineup can be very very successful even as a starting group, and I, I'd like to see them experiment with it a little bit more. Again, that's all ultimately up to the coaches to make that decision. Um, they will be, uh, they, you know, if they if they hold true to what they tell us, they will be evaluating their team a little bit uh, in the coming days. Uh, probably give them the Miami game to figure some things out. Maybe they made some decisions at practice. We'll find out at Tuesday's game. And again, that game tips off in Miami at seven thirty. We'll have a complete recap of the Magic's game against the Miami Heat on the podcast tomorrow. So be sure to check that out. That'll do it for me today. Remember, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic as well as on as well as on Facebook if you search Locked On Magic as well. You can also download us on iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, all the fun places that you can download podcasts. Remember to leave us a review and let us know what you think about the show so others can enjoy the magic as well. For Locked On Magic and Orlando Magic Daily, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. We will see you all tomorrow. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. 
Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.